Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. We're all looking for ways to save, especially on medical bills. But where do you start? Unless you're a medical billing expert, finding savings can seem impossible. HealthLock can help. HealthLock is a healthcare technology company that securely connects with your insurance and flags errors like overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. Saving starts with knowing where to look. Visit HealthLock.com today before you see another healthcare provider. Hey folks, Roller Martin here, Roller Martin Unfiltered. It is election night here in Georgia. It is 11 10 p.m., and we are waiting for the results. Right about almost 90%, slightly under 90% of votes. Uh, have been in. What we are waiting on right now is the Cab County. That could very well be the county that vaults Pastor Raphael Warnock to the United States Senate, and also it could be the county that uh, closes the lead of uh, the for one Osaf. He's down by about ninety-eight thousand votes to David Perdue, and so if the cab comes in, uh, it's a bunch of people still waiting in line to have their ballot, uh, have the excuse me, the vote totals processed. And so the cab says it will drop a large number very soon. That, folks, is going to be the big key. We've been watching all the networks, CNN and MSNBC behind us as well, looking at uh, the uh, web pages of uh, the various folks uh, right here. And so we'll do this here. I'm going to go to my iPad right now. I want to show y'all what's going on here in terms of uh, the numbers to understand 
uh, how close this race is. And so go ahead to it. You'll see right here, Kelly Leffler, 51.09%. Raphael Warnock, 48.91%. David Perdue, 51.5%. John Ostop at 48.5%. Uh, then, of course, you have the public service position uh, not looking good at all for Daniel Blackman. Uh, he is down by 196,000 votes. He is likely uh, going to lose uh, that particular race there. Again, unless the cap comes in in a significant, significant way. That county has been showing 83-17 Democrat. That's how wide the margin has been. And so, depending upon how many folks voted today in early voting in the cab, that could be the one that decides exactly who goes to the U.S. Senate, who will fill the unexpired term of Johnny Isaacson. That's what uh, Warnock and Kelly Leffler fighting for. And then, of course, a six-year term, uh, the position that David Perdue has uh, dealing with uh, John Ossoff. And so we are following this right now, folks, uh, very clearly waiting on that. It has been uh, a, a, a night where, again, watching to see what's going on. We have been in this state for the last five weeks uh, looking at everything, covering this race on the ground, talking to people constantly about what has been going on, what is happening. And so now we are at the end. We are at the end now uh, of this race. It's all up to uh, the court. That's what it comes down to right now. Uh, and so, folks, uh, what we are doing, what we are doing is we're going to see, uh, again, at one County, Cab County, when we look at uh, some of these other uh, counties out here, we still, of course, have uh, the military ballots that will be coming in on Friday. We still have those. The bulk of this is here. What happens in the cab? Uh, mostly in Clayton County, mostly in Gwinnett County, and as well. So it comes down to the cab. So again, we've been looking at what's been happening here uh, with uh, with various MSNBC. Uh, look at the numbers, and what happens is, folks, you look at different numbers. Right now, 92% of the vote is in. 8% is outstanding. You got to remember, 60% of Georgia lives in Metro Atlanta. That's why Democrats were so focused on what happens is in this county. They want it to do very well in the rural counties where a lot of African Americans are. So they, in terms of how numbers would then begin to look uh, when it comes to uh, this particular county here. Uh, we've got a number of people who are on us uh, with this broadcast. Now I'm going to go to them in just a second. We're simply are setting the stage. Several people have already called the U.S. Senate race for Pastor Raphael Warnock. Uh, we have gotten word he is likely going to be speaking from his headquarters. Uh, and then uh, so we may be carrying that live. I'm waiting to hear uh, from uh, his folks uh, with regards to that. And so uh, that's what we're waiting to hear from. Uh, but again, but the, so several people have said Pastor Raphael Warnock, based upon the numbers right now, where they fully expect the cab to come in like a tsunami, like a blue wave, and vault him ahead of Kelly Leffler in order for him to win that particular position. The one Democrats are really concerned about is John Ossoff. I tweeted this, and a lot of people uh, were sitting here, uh, you know, they, they thought I was joking, but I tweeted this where I, I actually said, uh, point blank, I said that, uh, look, if they're not up by 100,000 votes, it's a wrap. Right now, they Purdue literally on the cusp of that 100,000. He needed to build, they needed to build that mass of a lead uh, in order for uh, them to withstand the democratic tsunami uh, that was going to come. So now what we're doing is uh, waiting to see uh, exactly uh, what that is. And so 
Again, we're being very patient. Uh, folks have not actually called it. All the networks are saying right now, uh, this race is too close to call. Uh, the who will be in control of the U.S. That's what this whole thing uh, is all deciding about. And so I just, my girl, Tamika Mallory, uh, just walked through here. Linda Sarsour just walked through here. My son is here as well. Uh, Rachel Ponder is here. All of these folks have been on the ground uh, covering this election uh, for quite some time. Before I go to my panel, I'll holler at somebody. Tamika, come here. Why are we over here? I want to holler at her. So let's go ahead. And so, uh, so right there, right there, right there. We do so that's right. Social distancing. There we go. You know, we'll pull the microphone down. Uh, all right, we good here? All right, Tamika, so again, DeKalb County, that's what we're waiting on. They're going to decide this whole deal. Uh, it's right now 17 Democrats lead. If they come in with a 100,000-vote lead, that's going to vote, obviously, Warnock and Osop. Osop is the one I, I, I've been looking at, produced up by 98,000 votes right now. So just your thoughts on just this whole crazy race and the possibility Democrats win one or both Senate seats in Red, Georgia. Here, not coming across. Mike's not working. Mike's not working. Mike's not working. Um, in Savannah, we've been in Macon, we've been in Augusta, we've been all over, and so I, I believe that there will be a good turnout. What I will say is that for 25 years of my life, I've been involved in different elections, city council races in New York, district uh, attorney races. I've never seen the type of attention that we have seen here in a Senate race in uh, Georgia. And that means that this is extremely historic. And I hope that we are able to pull it out. I don't, it's not that I'm worrying about us getting it done because I just want to see people get elected. It's that until freedom, the organization that I'm a, I'm, I'm a part of, uh, that I'm one of the co-founders of, we intend to fight the Biden-Harris administration, right? Because we all know that power concedes nothing without a demand, right? So we understand that we're not going to just get reform and an overhaul of the criminal justice system. It's not going to just happen. We're going to have to put forth some effort we're going to have to call some folks out. We're going to have to get on Roland Martin Unfiltered. We're going to have to talk some stuff to really make some change. We're going to have to hold rallies. We're going to have to organize. And to get what we want, we need to make sure that we have these Senate seats so that the excuse is not, well, we wanted to do it in the White House, but we couldn't get it done because we didn't have the Senate. We didn't have the ability to pass the votes through the entire House. That's what we don't want to see happen. And so we've been encouraging folks that while we are building political parties, while we are working through people like uh, Puff Daddy and others who are working on trying to figure out ways to make us more politically competent, 
One second. I just got a report that 140,000 votes just came in for John Ossoff, uh, and that he is likely going to lead. So him and Warnock uh, are, are taking this lead, and so uh, that's where the numbers that are being reported right now. Uh, and so, uh, so again, first of all, the microphone wasn't on when you started. People were trying to figure out you couldn't hear. You called me and were like, "Okay, what's the deal?" So when I laid out this hundred thousand, folks are so they're watching. They're watching. They're watching, watching CNN the down there. Yeah, MSNBC on back here, uh, and so you see now. You see now, there's a difference of 200,000 votes in the cab. That was what I, so when you call. That's what you said. When I speak, you said they need, Republicans need said. at least 100,000 vote yeah. advantage in order for them uh, to, to win because they knew said. the blue cars were to come in. And I was stressed. Right, you when were, I called you, I was like, bro, and I said, me. Calm down. And you gave me a political education as you always do. And I was like, okay, we calm down a little bit. Let's wait and let the numbers come in. And now we're seeing what's happening here. So again, so what we're dealing with- so, But back to my point. Right. We know that in order to change things within a system that for 400 years has been really designed to oppress our communities, we're gonna have to fight. It doesn't matter who the president right. is. Roland Martin could be the president, who I think would be a great president. But you still can't change a system that was built over 400 years ago to oppress our community, which means we got to fight. But I want to make sure that the chips are set up on the board in a way that we can actually win. And tonight is going to be important because we're going to be able to go back to Osoff, to Warnock, to Biden and Kamala Harris and say we helped to put you in office. These are the things we want to see today. We know what happened with Jacob Blake and uh, the shooting that literally paralyzed him by police officers in Kenosha, Washington. Well, that officer, uh, the DA, has decided that there will be no charges against him. That is something for us that is consistent no matter who's the president. We dealt with that during Obama. We dealt with during every single president during Trump. It doesn't matter who's in the White House. That means that the system has failed us. And in order to change the system, we need tonight to align in a way that the stars is in order so that when we fight, we can actually win. So that's where we are. Well, We're on a different level. Our level is we fighting no matter who's in the White House. Well, and the point Reverend Barber and I talk about all the time, and that is, he said, it's about issues. That's it's right. not about parties, it's not about candidates. It's about issues. That's right. There may, people, there may be people who like and respect, but at the end of the day, they get, you got to fight for your issues because guess what? LGBT fights for their issues. That's right. The NRA fights for their issues. That's right. The Chamber of Commerce fights for their issues. And it don't matter if they even supported them. They fight for the issues. And that's really what we have to be. That's right. And guess what? What we hope is that our people won't turn against us, but that our people will support us in saying, go get the job done. Like we say, go get the bag. Make it happen. You know, and that's what that's what we, we are here to do. And so I'm excited about tonight. I want to celebrate tonight just like I celebrated Kamala Harris being the first black woman vice president, first black period, but the first black woman vice presidential elect in the United States. I celebrated that, but I'm not willing to celebrate uh, 
throughout the entire four-year process. Well, absolutely. And one of the points that I always made is I said that black people, we were, we stayed at the inauguration parade yes. uh, celebrating. We were so happy with a black first family, and everybody else left. Absolutely. And they went and organized their community. Right. And that's what we got to do. All yeah. right, Tamika, always it's good to see you. It's good to see you, Roland. Well, appreciate I love Thanks you about so much. Y'all been doing the work. We, I told you, we came, we came to Georgia this, December 7th. Uh, to cover for the uh, the registration people, early voting. We fought. We will. We follow until we freedom around uh, out there with as well. They've been out here canvassing y'all on the ground, going to places where the folks who want to go. So until freedom and Tiffany Lofton and uh, Georgia stand up and New Georgia Voter Project and Black Voters Matter. Let me tell y'all something right now. Tonight does not happen. Does not happen without third party. Mm. Third party group. Tonight doesn't happen. Wow. That's actually what made tonight happen. Tonight, you said it doesn't happen without. Doesn't happen with a third party group. Doesn't happen with. Doesn't you happen. know that because of the fact that we as black people can't really hear, right? We got, I don't know if we get our ears cleaned, and I do. I get my <laughs> ears cleaned once a year, but not everybody does. We can't necessarily hear. So we depend on reading lips to understand what people are saying. And that mask is preventing me from hearing everything you Third said. Third party groups. Third party groups. That's right. Not political okay. parties, but folks like Until Freedom, Black Voters Matter. That's right. Groups like that who are canvassing. That's right. On, on the ground. Door. That's who. That's who. Touching people. Right. And having conversations. Because we met a lot of people in the street that said, well, we need to work on the issues within our community. And we said, yeah, and we need to vote. We got to walk and chew bubblegum right. at the same well, so time. Like the people who were saying we're protesting, so y'all see uh, these are all, uh, all the folks who worked on the war not came. Uh, they're actually all going back to the headquarters right now because the war not folks are celebrating uh, as we speak. Uh, what we're still uh, looking here is that... Um, uh, so they're declaring Warnock as the, as the victor. But I'm hearing that Osar is still down some 20,000. So that's what we got going on. Don't worry about it. That's what we got going on. So um, and so the point that you just made about educating voters, there are people who said, well, I don't know about politics. I'm a protest. You can't protest. You can't protest. And not vote. And finish the job. You got to protest and go to the polls. And Angelo Pinto, our uh, one of our co-founders, attorney Angelo Pinto, says it's the triple threat, right? You got to protest, you got your politics, which is to go to the polls, and then you got to do the policy work to get things done. And I agree with that 100%. We are in a space where right now we're in the politics point. We're trying to win the seats. Then we got to fight for policy. So this whole idea that we need to wait for a while for uh, uh -oh. back up. sorry, that we need to wait for a while for uh Joe Biden to take office. That's 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 a farce, that's not true. Right now is the time, right, when they are actually making decisions about what will happen in the first 100 days. First of all, they're making staffing decisions, they got staff who they're exactly, hiring, exactly. But I've had people arguing with me, you got to give them time. It tells me that our people are not really politically educated, and that's the next step of what I think we right. got to go out. And All right, do. Tamika, we appreciate right. it. Love you. Love you, darling. Appreciate it. Thanks a bunch. All right, folks, uh, uh, again, uh, we are following this is going down to the wire uh, again right now. Uh, Rafael Warnock is in the lead. He is in the lead. Uh, and so now what we're waiting on, John Ossoff is down about 20 thousand votes. So that's where we are sitting here tracking. Warnock's up 20,000. Osof down 20,000. Here is the difference. 
And if y'all will follow me, I kept telling y'all this here. When I said that they wanted to, they wanted to, um, the Democrats, they needed to hold Leffler and Purdue under 100,000. If you saw before uh, that, 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 that drove, uh, the, the last drop, if you saw that, okay, you saw that happen. Le Kelly Leffler was relieved by 80 some odd thousand votes. I told y'all that 100,000. So what happens is it's a margin game. And so Purdue, as he kept inching up, I said, it's going to be a problem. And so if Osoff had kept Purdue's lead to around 70, 75, he would be up right now. And so that's what you're seeing right now. Okay, all right. Uh, I don't have a list right now of the folks. I don't know why you haven't sent to me who my panelists are. Uh, I know I have Greg Carr. Greg, you're there? Uh, I can't hear. Is yes, Greg I there? am. Yes, I am, brother. Okay. You, you I, I Greg, <laughs> all right. Uh, Greg Carr, chair of the Department of African-American Studies at Howard University. Uh, let's see. Is Reese Colbert there? I'm here. Okay, here's the deal. They didn't send me the list about my panelists. You got Melanie, okay. Ro, uh, Ro. You got Melanie's here. Melanie Campbell's here. Melanie Campbell is there. I literally don't have, I don't have, I don't have a camera in front of me. My laptop is over there. So, uh, so I have Greg, Reese, and Melanie. Anyone else? Uh, we don't see anybody with us. There's three of us. Okay, cool. Like All right, I, I got it. Okay, I got it. No problem. All right, so let's, uh, so let's go ahead and start. Melanie, I want to start with you. You live, you spent a lot yes. of time here. Uh, in, in Georgia, uh, you've had uh, a lot of your folks are on the ground. Felicia Davis and others in Clayton County. Yep. Let's first start with uh, the Warnock race. Right now, he's up 20,000. The yes. likelihood of a black United States senator from the state of Georgia. Georgia. Your thoughts? Uh, uh, look, I am I'm just Melanie Campbell tonight. Can I just be Melanie Campbell and not wear a hat? Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. You're so Melanie Campbell. Excited and thrilled because Georgia is my second home. I got family down there. I spent many years in Atlanta, and Georgia hasn't gone. The last when I came to Georgia, twenty, uh, thirty years ago, thirty plus years ago, it, the, the Democrats were, had both of those Senate seats. So it's been that long for Georgia. To, to get back to this place where you have this opportunity. So I am excited. I am thrilled. And I know there's much more work to be done, but we're going to celebrate this moment, no matter what the end result is. Because I believe, Rola, when you put that hashtag, when you put that note out there, I was like, yes. Because if you know, if you understand Georgia, and I do, it's like, you know how these numbers come in. And the numbers are right there. And so DeKalb County is holding it, but it also has to do with all of that hard work that our folks did. And I want right. to thank you right now for what you did, that you came down there the way you did and and, and helped elevate the, the, the sisters and the brothers who were doing this work, who don't get the credit, who don't get recognized, and help them elevate that message. And so I know you do have your journalist hat on, but I'm going to stop right now and say thank you because you also help elevate and help make this happen. However it goes down, Georgia, this country, the South will not be the same. Uh, this is uh, a huge, huge deal. Before I go to Greg Carr and Reese, I want to go to Brad Bailey with Georgia Public Broadcasting. Brad, uh, we've been out of running you on the campaign trail. Uh, this obviously is monumental. Uh, but Brad, give us a perspective right now uh, when it comes to uh, the old soft race. The question is, he is down by 20,000 votes. All of the outstanding counties left are dims. He's going to need really one different 
get up. Basically, he needs to pick. He needs to pick up. He's down twenty, so he needs to pick up forty-one thousand votes. If uh, if um, if uh, uh, Purdue gets uh, twenty thousand, if you look at these Democratic margins right here in DeKalb County, uh, Brad, eighty-three mm-hmm. seventeen. Fulton was like seventy-three twenty-seven. So, uh, so the question is. Are there 40,000, 41,000 votes out there in order? Well, actually, if it's a 70 split, he doesn't need 40,000. But are there 40,000 votes out there? Is there enough votes out there for Osof to make up the ground and come back and beat uh, David Purdue? Absolutely. Absolutely. When you're absolutely when you're looking at again, the rest of the state is pretty much done. You know, as I said before, the black belt, all at, as opposed to the last election, this election, those votes came in much earlier. But when you look at the 10, to, I guess, 10 to 15,000 mail in ballots that are, that are going to come in tomorrow, it's really going to be hand to hand combat for every single vote coming in next. And that's gonna, it's literally gonna come down to the wire. I do believe that he can actually make up the difference. I do believe it, but it's gonna be tight. And it's gonna be a big fight, I think over the next two or three days, with the voter recounts, with those mail-in ballots, with those with those votes coming in specifically from Fulton County, DeKalb County, Cobb, and Gwinnett. Those are still- Actually, actually, and actually, actually, Brad, I wanna interrupt you. Now I'm getting, Osof is now down 100 votes. That- I kept telling people that's, yep. that's, that's a huge difference because now by only being down 9,100 votes, look, if there are 20, if there are 21,000 votes out there, he picks up 11,000. Oh, excuse me. Producers of 10,000. He actually, he actually wins. Exactly. In addition to those mail-in ballots coming in tomorrow with Fulton County, that's going to be a big deal. I think 10 to 15,000, tell me if I'm need to stand corrected, but 10 to 15,000 are coming in tomorrow in Fulton County alone. And it, so that's going to be a big deal. And so we're going to have to just wait and see. But I think he's going to pull it out. I really do. Uh, let's go to uh, Reese Colbert. Reese, uh, I, w- I want to get your thoughts uh, and, and on this whole deal on what has happened tonight. Um, this runoff election and the states, the Senate uh, is all, uh, 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 you know all up in state. Democrats control the Senate. Your, your girl, Vice President Kamala Harris, breaks all ties. That is huge. George Floyd Justice Act. John Lewis Voting Act. All of those bills, they now can literally become law if Democrats control the Senate, if folks like Joe Manchin don't flake out. Go ahead, Reese. Well, I just, before I get to that, I do want to say that I've been following the New York Times needle. It's a forecasting model um, in terms of the projections. And they're estimating that about 209,000 votes are outstanding. And John Ossoff only needs to win about 52% of those. And they expect he'll win closer to 63%. So the the turf is very favorable for John Ossoff. He has been fighting from behind compared to um, Reverend Warnock, who has been projected the winner, but it's very friendly territory for him. So it is looking, as you said, that my girl, VP Kamala, VP elect Kamala Harris will be uh, very active in a 50-50 Senate. But more importantly, I think Tamika Mallory touched on it and, you know, and she said that there isn't going to be the excuse that you don't have the votes there. I still think it's going to be tough. Remember, we had Joe Manchin, the the um, the, the senators um, from Arizona, Mark Kelly, Kristen Sinema, they're a little bit more conservative. You also have uh, a couple of other relatively conservative senators. But we have seen that the Democrats 
um, have a lot of solutions to a lot of the issues that we are facing. And so it's a lot easier to wrangle a couple of Democratic voters than to get Mitch McConnell to bring things to the Senate floor. And uh, Vice President-elect Kamala Harris and Joe Biden, President-elect Joe Biden have been very clear $2,000 checks are on the line with this. So people are going to be a lot better off. We're going to have a lot more resources. So there is a lot of cause for celebration. Congratulations to Reverend Warnock for his historic win. Don't mess with the black church. <laughs> I don't know what the hell you were thinking. You sat up in the black church on MLK Day and, and, and for, 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 you know, for, for show, you should have taken in the word, you should have taken in the messaging, you should have seen who you was dealing with. Because all that dirty, nasty tricks that they pulled and came back to bite them. And now we're going to have control over the Senate. Uh, Warnock, 31,000 vote lead. The lead for Purdue for Olsoff is down to 3,400. So that number is getting smaller. Dr. Greg Card. Uh, look, you are a historian. Uh, very few people look one of the tops in, in the country in the world. Put this in perspective for uh, for our folks. What night means to see Georgia, Albany, Georgia, where you had the Albany movement, Georgia, where you had King Hosea Williams, you had all of these different folks who came out of this city. Uh, the, the battles that took place, what it means to see our frat brother, our alpha brother, Raphael Warnock, go to the United States Senate as a senator from the state of Georgia. Well, brother, I, I will say this. First of all, I want to echo something Melanie said earlier. You moved to Georgia over the last month. And we did. You, you just you basically moved to Georgia. <laughs> and yeah, so, we did. Uh, you know, uh, <laughs> Not only thank you, but thank all of those sisters. Thank all of those sisters. Thank all of those sisters and brothers, but thank all of those sisters and brothers. As Tamika said, all of what you call third parties, which really the first parties as far as we're concerned. Shout out to Chuck Schumer, who will be primaried in 2024, uh, who uh, will never believe that he can't get those swing voters. But you better listen to Stacey Abrams, who in two years will hopefully be the governor of Georgia after she beats Brian Kemp like a drum. And that is unless Doug uh, Collins primaries him. Uh, Shout out because what we are at a moment, we're at an inflection point in this in the history of this country. And, and as Reese said, I mean, this is a historic moment. It's historic for Reverend Warnock, our brother, who will be going for two years, which means we, we we take a breath, we celebrate tonight, and then go right back out there in the battlefield. But it's important to understand this as an inflection point because what we're dealing with as we brace here in the DMV, as these white boys, I'm getting calls from people saying they landed at BWI, driving in, they didn't have a rally tonight, Trump is supposed to speak tomorrow around the same time they're counting votes. And, and so as we brace here for that, what we are in the middle of is something that usually takes a lot longer. See, when inflection points like this happen historically, they may look like they're happening in a moment, but they built up over time. So what we are seeing now, unlike the 1860s, when there was a clear white nationalist threat to the union, you're now in 2020 when white nationalism has been coddled. And so what we are now faced with, with Ossoff and Warnock going to the Senate, potentially, hopefully tonight, what we are faced now is the, the, the center of power in the federal legislature moves from, as we heard, Kentucky to West Virginia. And that means that... Uh, what has to happen is Harry Reid has already said to Joe Biden, hey, man, look, get those guys since you want to be bipartisan and you and Chuck Schumer and them got to y'all head, y'all can convince somebody. You better listen to Stacey Abrams and the rest of these sisters in Georgia and brothers, but give them three weeks 
And if uh, they don't do that, blow up the damn filibuster. The nuclear option must be now because there are because unlike the 1860s, when there was clearly a white nationalist threat to the, the union, what you have in the night in the 20, 2020 is the white nationalists are hiding behind institutionalism. But what they did not count on, which is brings us back to tonight, what they did not count on, what they've never counted on, is that black people have never put our political philosophy behind the illusions of America. We have always moved pragmatically to advance our interests with other people who will share in our common humanity. What's going on in Georgia tonight? We we heard we heard our brother Brad talk about this. There's still more votes to be out, but if we're looking at the percentages, 94% in Cobb County, meaning 6% is out there. DeKalb is only about 92, 93% has counted so far. Fulton's got 97%. Ossoff has more collapsed there. What we are seeing in Georgia tonight is a point of inflection for what this so-called American experiment is going to be going forward. That's why they fought so hard. That's why Trump was out there down here at his Klan rally uh, last night, sounding unhinged. That's why they are screaming, because they understand that if this thing tips today, this is it demographically. Because what it shows you is you expand the electorate, you organize with willing people, you don't go chase those three or four white voters. And when this thing flips, some of them may come over, some of them won't. But we've turned our eyes away from the illusions, brother, and focused on the thing that we control, which is our behavior. You know, you've been down there for a damn month, man. So you didn't seen it piece by piece. Just a little bit. I'm going to come right back. We're here at the gathering spot uh, here in Atlanta uh, where uh, they actually have it was a very large place. We are doing social distancing. They have a separate room over there. They have a room over here. Uh, joining us right now, Linda Sarsour, uh, who's a co-founder of Until Freedom. Uh, Linda, always good to talk with you. Uh, y'all have, as I said to me, y'all have been here, y'all have been working, uh, y'all have been going on the doors, standing on the corners, uh, knocking on doors. Uh, j just, just give all the folks who are watching uh, a pr your perspective of, of what it's been like to be here in the last several weeks where the whole nation has been focused on Georgia. But then we're seeing the result. Warnock is up some 30,000, uh, 30, 34,000 votes against Kelly Leffler. Osop is only down by about 6,000. He can also very well win uh, to pick up two Democratic Senate seats here in Georgia. It's to actually be here watching history unfold. I mean, as organizers, you know, we also work on policy. And we have not been able to do anything transformative in Congress and in the Senate because the Democrats don't have the majority. And to be honest, I felt good. The, the black voters were, when early voting was in, the lines were long, the people were enthusiastic and they were doing it again. Unfortunately, as you've seen in some of the exit polls, when you break down race and gender, once again, we see that our white counterparts continue to vote against our interests. And in particular, as you know, me and Tamika came out of the Women's March and the idea of women standing up against the tyranny of Donald Trump, against, you know, uh, assault on women's rights and uh, xenophobia and Islamophobia and anti-black racism, the exit polls for me are quite disappointing. But once again, our black voters and communities of color, Muslim voters in the state, Asian American, Pacific Islanders, Latino voters, they did everything that they could. And the organizers rolling on the front lines, and I want the viewers to understand this. The people knocking the doors are the defund the police activists. They are the abolitionists. They are the people that want to find a pathway to citizenship for 12 million undocumented people. The people 
people on the front line are radical. They're progressive. They are looking for transformative change. So I just want the Democratic Party to reflect on what's happening in Georgia right now and what happened in Georgia in the November general election to stop continue to stop continuing the throwing under the bus of the most progressive activists who are the most powerful tool for the Democratic Party. That particular point there, and again, you had a lot, all these people who were critical of defund the police, but here's what people forgot. 112,000 people who did not, not, who did not vote. And I, I, let me just say this again, y'all. I need everybody who's watching to listen to this. 112,000 people who did not vote November 3rd voted in this runoff. They did. Of that, 30% of them were 18 to 29. Of that, 40% were black. Y'all, do the numbers. 30% of 112,000 is 33,000. Warnock is leading by 34,000 votes. Absolutely. If those 112,000 people don't register and vote in the runoff, they don't win. Absolutely. And for the people who kept yelling defund the police, that's appealing to younger voters and voters of color. Absolutely. And before the December 7th voter registration Because you can't depend on white folks. Yeah, I, I don't. Personally, if they vote with us, we are we welcome them with open arms and we appreciate them. But unfortunately, we have to count on black voters and voters of color in order for us to win back these two Senate seats and just to win races down the ballot across the country. The young voters that were registering to vote before the December 7th deadline did not understand how important it was in the general election. But then when we won in the general election, there was a new spark of hope. And when they saw Raphael Warnock, a black man, a radical pastor from Georgia, it inspired them. So a lot of those young voters are people that just registered to vote recently. There was an uptick in new registrations from the November election to December 7th, which was the deadline. So don't count, don't count us out. Don't count these activists out because these are the activists across the country, even in the general election. You know us, we were in Florida and in Georgia and North Carolina, in Pennsylvania, in Michigan. It is people like us that hold our ideology, that were on those doors, that were organizing communities across this country. And I think that the power is going to continue to build from here. What we're also seeing is this here. Uh, and we, we, we have been discussing this uh, for a long time on Roland Martin Unfiltered. This is also that you're seeing the shifting of the demographics. And all I've been saying this for 11 years. Mm -hmm. What we have seen in Georgia, the way Kelly Leffler ran this racist campaign, this was purely, this is white fear. This is fear of the changing America. Yeah, Republicans are already saying they want to change the voting laws in this state because Joe Biden and Kamala Harris won, because of what happened tonight. We saw it in North Carolina in 2008. Obama wins by 14,100 votes. Republican change all, all, changed all the laws. Mm -hmm. We saw it in Florida, in Mississippi, in Arkansas, in Texas, all across the South. This also should be a night where Democrats who are in Washington, D.C. should say, what the hell have we been doing ignoring the South? If you do what Stacey Abrams did, if you do it until freedom is done, what Tasha and Clifford doing black, black voters matter, if you get off your ass in D.C., stop giving the money to white political consultants who want to buy TV ads and radio ads, fund black media, 
fund Latino media, fund the fund black and brown entities. That's who you have a better shot of getting out to vote than a group of white women That's right. who are not going to always come to your side. We got zero dollars from the Democratic Party to do the work that we do. One of the things that we also believe in is in on the ground organizing. We know how to knock on doors. We know how to wear masks. We know not to be too close to people when they answer the doors. Talk to the seniors, distribute food and mutual aid during a time where there's a pandemic where people don't just want to hear about voting. They want to hear about what you're about to do for them. People did not get the stimulus checks that they expected to get. So having hard conversations at the doors is how you get people to the polls. Also, Roland, the Democratic Party got to stop saying these are low propensity voters. We do not call people low propensity voters. What we believe is that these voters that have not been reached by the Democratic Party are high potential voters. When you go to the outskirts of Albany or Bacon or you know Savannah, these are some some doors told us nobody before this election knocked on the door. Nobody was paying any mind. So I want people to know that when we win, when we win races like this, thank an organizer, thank a Latasha Brown. Thank a New Georgia project. Thank a, you know, a pastor that's been helping galvanize voters in your community. Because at the end of the day, it is we who keep lifting the Democratic Party while they continue to give all their resources to white consultants across the country who always steer them in the wrong direction. And it's also understanding how. People out there were laughing about the pile of greens being passed out uh, by Black Voters Matter. When we were in Albany, there was a group of Black women, uh, a group that came down from Atlanta. Uh, they were distributing food. And a lot of people were sitting there going, what are they doing down there in Georgia? Because folks understood the food crisis we're in. So all of a sudden, if they see these groups coming out with food, trying to feed people, folks are then saying, well, what y'all here for? Is election going on? There he is. Right. So now all of a sudden, you're reaching the people. That's why the Secretary of State in Georgia wanted to make it a felony for you to pass out food and water to people who are standing in line. That's right. And not just the, 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 the food and mutual aid, which was happening. You know, people were doing drive-bys. As you know, when we were in uh, um, Albany, Georgia, there was a church that we worked with with Black Voters Matter and Woke Vote where we were distributing uh, food boxes and at the same time giving out information about voting. But also, you know, the hookah lounges, the lounges where the young people hang out. I'm not a lady that goes to strip clubs, but our Until Freedom family was like, that's where you go. That's where nobody goes. Those are the places you go. And well, a lot of people got mad when those strippers did that ad during the Biden Harris deal, Listen. and they were like, they were like, look, every vote count. Joe Biden every won Georgia counts. by less than twelve thousand yeah. votes. I remember my son standing on a table in a lounge, basically saying, "Hey, does everybody know there's an election on January 5th? And then being able to have conversations with at least fifty people that were sitting in a lounge that were not thinking anything about an election. They were just there to have a good time. So we find creative and innovative ways to reach and meet people where they're at. People don't come to the rallies. People are not always going to come when you call them to a concert or to a get out the vote event. You got to go where the people are. And if they're at the strip club, you go to the strip club. If they're, if they're at the church, you go to the church. If they're on the street corner playing basketball with their friends, well, then you go to the street corner. And that's the kind of model of organizing that the organizers of Georgia have done. And of course, organizers of color across the country. Linda Sasso, we certainly appreciate it. Y'all keep doing a great appreciate job. Appreciate you. I appreciate you. It. Support Roland Martin Unfiltered, everybody. I appreciate it. Thanks a bunch. Let's go back to our panel here. The point that she made there, Melanie, I think is a critical mm -hmm. one. And that is, listen to the people who are on the ground yes. who are the closest. Joe, Joe Madison has a statement where he says all the time, you got to put it where the goats can get it. Yes. He said, that's it. And, and again, too often with these campaigns, what these folks want to do is they just want to keep 
this the usual nonsensical stuff of just run TV and radio ads. No, yeah. we're not winning this for 30,000 votes. Osof is now down about 400 votes. Uh, but the reality is this here, uh, is, and that is this here. Every vote counts. Keisha Lance Bottom, one mayor of Atlanta, 832 votes. Sabrina Fulton lost her position when she ran for Miami-Dade commissioner by 315 votes. Sherry Beasley just lost the North Carolina State Supreme Court chief justice position by 400 votes. That was a congressional seat in Indiana that was won by Republican by six votes. A Democrat just won the state senator position. Republicans don't want to seat him. He won by 69 votes. If you got to look at every potential voter as the one who caused to win or lose. That's that's a fact. And the thing that's really powerful is we're talking about the South. And when I think about uh, 20 years ago now, when the Democrats shifted to the 17 battleground strategy and left the South to its own devices, and left all that, that took place since that time. That's why I'm so excited because I know that there's a shift. It is not the end all, but it is definitely a shift. And what Georgia is doing with this election, we're saving democracy. Because right now, Roland, right downtown DC, right on Black Lives Matter Plaza, them, them, oh, careful. <laughs> them folk, they, 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 they pulled out of the gutter. Right. The most racist, ignorant folks I've ever seen. If you came downtown by your by your studio, like I was downtown today. I, I I see a whole lot of white folks come to DC, but it's a whole nother level of them that have come out that think that that really think they're gonna take us back to the fifties and sixties. And so, what's happening in Georgia also sends a message that no, 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 not on our watch, not this time. And it didn't start with this, but this is like my brother Carl said, this is the catalyst that about change. And I'm loving to see see my sister Tamika, my sister uh, Linda, and all of them. And I got a shout out to you again, Roland. To to I know you shouted out my sister Latasha. We know Stacy did her thing, but we know Felicia and Helen and Deborah and Mary. And all of these sisters, brother, the folks over in New York, all came together. And these young people are not going to turn back. And you're right. And this, and, and and the thing about it is, if these young people had not tuned in, because they, we already know they got the power. They have the numbers. And if they stay with connecting their their street power with their political power, oh, it will be changed in Washington D.C. for sure. It's not going to be easy, but 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 this, if this holds the way it's going then the shift has taken place and we have been able to push back against something that would have pushed our communities so far back where these fat folks think they were trying to take us and now on our watch. No, 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 no. Mm -mm. Uh, Brad, I want to go to you. You know it's a huge night when Fox News is no longer covering the election. Oh, uh, exactly. Now I'm going to echo my uh, beautiful and talented, um, you know, and handsome uh, uh, panel mates here. The, the the I've been following. I've been spoken to. Uh, I guess my job, in a way, was to speak to both sides this past election. So I've been crisscrossing the state, not just with Democrats, but also listening to Republicans. So I attended a couple of MAGA rallies, and you know, essentially the major points were, you know, I, I think Kelly Leffer mentioned again the 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 need to I get for some rural farming. But essentially, again, it was the same talking points about socialism, communism. They're going to take America back. 
you know, in, and you're going to change our country fundamentally. That was essentially a lot of the major talking points, not just from the candidates, but also from the crowd itself. So one of the things that I think the major trends tonight, and I think we need to um, also just make a point of, is that in rural counties, statewide, especially in the black belt counties that I mentioned before, Democrats outperformed the November election by one to two points. And that's just not in blue counties. It's also in red counties. When you look at counties like uh, Dooley County, Mitchell County, Clay County, uh, places like Bainbridge, Thomasville, Valdosta, those are red counties. But John Ossoff went to Bainbridge, Thomasville, Valdosta. He went to those counties. Raphael Warnock went to those counties. And as a result, you're seeing the benefit of that tonight when those counties, those counties statewide, I guess one to two points doesn't make a difference with one county. But when you're think, thinking 20 to 30 counties, that makes a huge difference. That makes a massive difference. And of course, the, the suburban vote in Atlanta had to do exceeded its expectations. And, but and of course, the, the urban areas of Atlanta exceeded its expectations. But we would not be talking about a win tonight if it were not for those rural counties outperforming historically what they've ever done. And, and especially even compared to the last three weeks. And as, as my panelists said, that's because of the work of Stacey Abrams, Latasha Brown, Cliff Albright, people from the New Georgia Project, people from Black Voters Matter. That's because of those mobilization figures. As I said before, I, I spoke everywhere I went in South Georgia, they were there mobilizing. And I'm from the area. I'm from Southwest Georgia. I've never seen that in my entire life. And I've never seen people motivated to that degree before that I've seen in my entire life. I think tonight is historic. And I think people will be studying this night, political scientists, for the next 20 years about what, hap what, what happened that night in Georgia. I think tonight is the night. Uh, the, um, the thing here, um, um, the thing that I find to be very interesting here recently, uh, to the point that Brad just made, uh, is uh, this really goes back to what Ella Baker always believed in. And what did she say? She said, she told SNCC workers, you got to go to those sharecroppers and take your college clothes off and put your overalls on and listen to them. She said, they're not dumb. They only have a second or third grade education. They're not dumb. And she said, tell, work with them and say, I'm here to work with you, not tell you what to do. So many people, Democrats have always focused on the urbane, the elites, the educated. When the reality is, what you're talking about here is, you got to go after everybody. The concerns of the people who live in those places are just as important as the folks who live uh, in Metro Atlanta. And the lesson here, again, uh, Cal Cunningham, he lost uh, the Senate seat in North Carolina. Cal Cunningham had gotten off his ass, or maybe had they not ignored Erica Smith and put her up, then the Democrats could have won that seat in North Carolina. Now we're talking about, okay, what are you doing in Florida? What do you do now when Bill, uh, Bill Burr is going to, Richard Burr is going to be retiring? Okay, who runs in North Carolina in 2022? You got Ron Johnson, the only state, uh, Wisconsin, Biden won. Who runs there? Is it going to be Gwen Moore? Is it going to be someone else? The bottom line here is this. This is the moment for folk to say, we're not going to tolerate any more of the same BS Democrats. Y'all going to listen to those of us who know how to reach us, and we're going to stop listening to your white consultants who don't know what the hell they're talking about. Absolutely, Roland. I'm so glad you brought up Erica Smith. Uh, you know, 
one of the bittersweet um, moment things about this moment, I think it's absolutely spectacular, and I'm thrilled for Raphael, Reverend Raphael Warnock. He's going to be the first Black senator from Georgia. There are going to be now uh, two Democratic Black men and one Republican Black man, but zero Black woman senators um, in the next session of Congress. And I just want to, you know, um, just say how appalled I am going back to Gavin Newsom and his decision to uh, make a decision that's politically expedient for him that, um, you know, screwed over black women. Because what the Democratic Party needs to do is they need to quit screwing over black voters. We are voting for our survival, even though we keep getting screwed and we keep getting, um, you know, you know, as, as particular when it comes to candidates. Raphael Warnock was a no brainer. Um, but, you know, there are other places where the black candidates have not been seen as electable. They haven't gotten the investments that they deserve to get. They haven't been on, a, on an even fair uh, playing field. That was even the case in the Democratic presidential primaries where all the people of color dropped out before even the first but before Iowa. So I think that this is another example of Democratic voters doing the heavy lifting and it's time for the Democratic Party to pay up. So what I wanna see is where is your pipeline for 2022 to get some black women in there um, to be competitive? You've already outlined several states where that's possible. We need to get black women in the Senate. It is appalling that with all the heavy lifting, you guys have mentioned everybody, uh, Latasha Brown and uh, Stacey Abrams, Keisha Lance Bottoms, and so on and so forth, and organizers, Tamika Mallory, all across the country that really have carried the Democratic Party over, including VP Kamala Harris. Um, but we need to see that investment. We need to see that return on investment, not just in black women, but in black men as well. But right now, black women are just asked out, unfortunately, when it comes <laughs> to our representation in the Senate. And it's unacceptable. And it's time to pay up. So they're 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 talking about Jamie Harrison, whoever they're talking about for the DNC chair, whoever is going to be next in line. I need to hear a plan that is going to give us credible black woman candidates in the 2022 um, Senate races, because there are a lot of Democratic seats that are up. Some of these uh, older senators need to be retiring, okay, so that you can get somebody like Elisa Blount Rochester in there, or where or Johanna Hayes um, in Connecticut, go ahead and retire. Um, I forget the Republican senator, but he's a little bit too old, go ahead and retire and let Johanna Hayes step in. That's the kind of stuff that we need to start seeing with our return on our investment, because it's not acceptable to keep coming back to the well every two years and every four years. Black voters save democracy, save us, and we're not getting all the stuff that we need to be getting. Um, Dr. Greg Carr, um, again, as we begin to look at how this thing moves, the message also needs to be made loud and clear to the Democrats that Reese mentioned earlier. The woman in Arizona, to Joe Manchin, and to these other Dems who are sort of wobbly. Y'all are now in control once Osaf wins. Y'all gonna be in control because of black people. Now, don't don't play no games. Right. Don't play no games on policy. Because see, if let me be because Greg, if they play games on policy, you're gonna get wiped out in 2022 because right. black folks not gonna show up. That's mm -hmm. right. Well, don't play right. games. I think we have to uh, re we have to follow the momentum where we're at now. Uh, Linda says something very important. Uh, the folks here were saying defund the police. The very progressive folk, to use the language, current language, 
They're the ones who were doing much of that knocking on doors in Georgia. Chuck Schumer and the Democratic Party wrote off Georgia. As we heard Melanie say, they've written off the South. Uh, the Democratic National Committee uh, should no longer set the agenda for the Democratic Party. Uh, Jesse Jackson said so the first time he ran president in 84. He said, you know, black folk been the political sharecroppers. And we're tired of being the political sharecroppers of the Democratic Party. Uh, while we are building independent black political support, you know, I have a lot of friends who are saying I'm not voting. The parties are the same. You know, I'm, I'm setting them aside right now. But I am recognizing that this was not the Democratic Party that won these seats tonight. This was the folks who are operating already as an independent black party using the Democratic Party as a tool. So this isn't that the, in my mind, it isn't the Democrats owe us. It is now time to force them to do what they need to do. Let's be very clear. For example, in Kentucky, Ron Paul will be running in two years. This isn't the time to listen to Chuck Schumer, to Jamie Harrison, to anyone in the Democratic uh, Party who will continue to spew the rhetoric of chasing the, the phantom white voters, who will tell people to wait their time in line. It is time to say, you gonna back Ch uh, Charles Booker or not? We're gonna run Keisha Lance Bottoms in this Senate race or not? I mean, in other words, we, the time now is to use the Democratic Party the way we should have always seen the Democratic Party as a shell to advance our collective interests. We're not waiting on a payout. Now it is time to primary Chuck Schumer. So you got to understand something when you start talking about these white nationalists, they'll primary the hell out of you. That is why today, tomorrow in uh, what's well, about to be is now today on the East Coast today in Washington. I'm very much looking forward to watching the white nationalist party continue to try to implode American democracy. Yeah. Uh, they are going to 11 senators. I mean, Ted, led by Ted Cruz and young Josh Hawley out of uh, Missouri, my man. But if we try to have kept Dred and Harriet Scott in chains, my man out of Missouri. I love Josh Hawley. Why? Because they are taking a jackhammer to any attempt to blur the between the open enemies, enemies of humanity and those who stand on the right side of history. And tomorrow they are going to challenge, uh, uh, Holly has already said he's challenging Pennsylvania, which by the way, threw out the Lieutenant Governor uh, on, on Tuesday, put the sitting Democratic Lieutenant Governor out of his seat because they would not seat uh, a Democrat who won election to the state legislature in Pennsylvania. These people have declared, there are only two sides in this. Mm -hmm. So when Fannie Lou Hamer and them showed up, Finally, in Atlantic City in 1964, they weren't showing up because they were Democrats. They were showing mm -hmm. up because they used the Democratic Party to acquire political power. And mm -hmm. when the Democratic Party tried to compromise with them, Fannie Lou Hamer, Ella Joe Baker, all of the women and men in the Mississippi Freedom Democrats said, hell no. And they repeated that strategy in Alabama with the Lowndes County Freedom Organization and so forth and so on. So now is not the time to ask the Democratic Party for anything. Son, you remember Obama had a supermajority the first two years of the Obama presidency. Mr. President, with all due respect, your lips, take a needle, sew them shut. Because your strategy is a failed strategy. And guess what? We ain't listening to you anyway, which is where you get two more Democrats. If we had listened to you, those two Republicans would be coming back in the United States Senate tonight. Let's be very clear. I like what Linda Sarsour said. You want your best opponent in elective office. And as of the end of this week, our best opponents are the Biden administration. I want to uh, I want to go to Brad here. Brad, um, one of the races that people have not paid attention to, we've been on the ground covering it, is that of the Public, uh, Public Service Commission. Uh, Daniel Blackman, Democrats been running 
Democrats haven't won a statewide position, what, uh, 20 years or so. Uh, he's running against Lauren Bubba McDonald. Uh, go to my iPad, Anthony. Anthony, go to my iPad. You see the results here. It's 51-49. Daniel Blackman is down by 86,809 votes. Uh, uh, he's likely not going to be able to make that up. This is also a part of the thing that we've always been talking about here as well. So much attention is put on the national races. We also have to win the state races. He, he talked about how Georgia had the fifth largest energy bills uh, in the country as well. Part of this mobilization organization and education is also going to have to be educating people about these statewide and local races, how they are just as important as the U.S. Senate races, congressional races, presidential race. Yeah, you're reading my mind there, um, Roland, because I, as you noticed yourself when I saw you this past weekend, I've seen Daniel Blackman several times in the in the past month. He's He's been at Ossoff rallies. He's been at Warnock rallies. And what's so interesting is he really has electrified, uh, sorry, <laughs> electrified the crowd. He's a great speaker. He's very engaging. He's a brilliant man. And, uh, you know, I'm sort of sorry to see the results tonight. But again, it's it's one of those again challenges again with Georgia statewide elections. It really is when you take when you're taking that attention, that spotlight off the big elections. Those lower those lower not lower elections, the other elections don't get as much of attention. And tonight, that was that was a case for it. I, I want to talk to Daniel Black in the future. I think he he has a lot of innovative ideas about Georgia. When I was speaking to him again, he mentioned how hot the the, the electricity rates in Georgia, and again how it's the fifth highest in the nation. He also mentioned healthcare and the challenge of, of African-Americans, not just African-Americans, all Georgians in terms of dealing with healthcare, but especially the disparities in the African-American community are with, with, with diabetes, obesity, and of course, COVID-19. And as you said before, we have to look at this as a template. Georgia has to be this, this sort of canary in the coal mine for nationwide. You have major majority black populations in Alabama, Mississippi, Missouri, and counties where they're they are not represented with, with regard to the demographic that's there. They're not represented on state levels, local levels, or, or municipal levels. So that's one of the lessons that people have to look at tonight. How are people gonna take these wins tonight and the losses, that's really important. How are they gonna take both and look at how to sort of duplicate wins in other places that have traditionally been red, but you have, just like in Georgia, the electorate to make to change that, to change those counties nationwide and to enfranchise those previously disenfranchised black voters, not just in Georgia, not just in Alabama, Mississippi, but nationwide. In addition to, and I know, I know I'm pushing a fourth wall here, Latino voters in Texas, in Arizona, in New Mexico. So you re when you're talking about really building that Obama coalition, that coalition of people of color or disenfranchised folks also economically who may not be of color, the, the seeds could really be started tonight. We thought that was going to happen with the Obama coalition a few years ago, and it, it, it faltered in 2016. So now that coalition has come back, and if people are really looking at it, they can actually start seeing the maps for the future. I'm looking at the numbers here, uh, Melody, and 84,000 more people voted for Warnock than Daniel Blackman. That's the gap between those two. 65,000 more voted for Osob than Daniel Blackman. Again, we always talk about down ballot races and how have an impact on us as well. And I think part of this education, uh, uh, Melanie, is going to be uh, letting folks know that, again, um, we can be excited with the history made with Warnock, but the reality is 
having a Daniel Blackman on that public service commission would have been yes. critically important. And so yeah. when we start thinking about the multiple positions out here, when we talk about people running for secretary of state, that's who controls elections. We start talking about state senate, state rep, right. school board, county commissioners. Again, it's having a, whole, a totally different view about the power of politics. Most definitely, I'm glad you and and and, and I love Daniel. Love, uh, like I said, Atlanta is one of, is my second home. So you know, knowing him um, over the years and knowing that, um, and like I said, it's not too late. He still may pull it out, but I think either either way, his his recognition has 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 definitely risen, and I think there's more to come from Daniel and many others. Uh, but you're right when you talk about those secretary of state positions. I mean, really getting get. I think uh, the, a different kind of light has been turned on with what's going on in Georgia uh, over these for this general election. That again is the South, but also will be a motivation for what can be done in other places because it's not that like we've never had uh, black people win statewide in Georgia, right? Uh, in those in those years where I lived there. When you had uh, uh, someone who was the uh, the top cop of the state, you know, Attorney General, you had a black man. You had a Department of Labor, African American in Georgia, and but then when, when things shifted, and so now we're also rolling as we're getting ready to deal with this redistricting process. Uh, that's going to be another uh, thing that, to to, de to deal with when it comes to how we're going to, and and then knowing that in the state legislature in Georgia, uh, they're ready to try to. Change the change the game, change the game again. Change the rules again. The one thing about us that we know how to move and maneuver and shift, even in, in the times when we know that we're not fully when it comes to the voting rights act and and, and, and and the like. But I do believe Georgia is going to be that test case to show what can be done across the board in the South because we got major numbers in Alabama. We got major numbers in Mississippi. So I think what Georgia is also doing is going to, uh, I can see, I can see, I've been getting text messages from folks in Alabama places that Alabama is next, you know, because we have it. The numbers are there. Fifth, close to 60% of black people live in the South. So I say if the South is able to shift, I say so goes the nation. And so I'm, I'm excited from that vantage point as well, being a Southern girl myself. Um, this, uh, when we begin to uh, look at again, uh, what we're dealing with here, uh, Reese, uh, we're dealing with how these two races are going to change our national politics. You got tomorrow where Republicans uh, are going to try to overturn the election. I keep telling folks, take this seriously. When I talk mm -hmm. about white minority resistance, these people literally, they're going to use these militias to cause mayhem in this country. Yeah. These folks do not want to share power, Reese. They do not want black people to use their power and so folk had better be fully prepared for what is about to come donald trump was their last stand this is about whiteness it is about white supremacy kelly left ran a white supremacist campaign david purdue ran a white supremacist campaign they wanted to scare white people in order for them to uh not vote for warnock and vote for Ossoff. That was their strategy. They extended John Ossoff's nose. Kelly Leffler ran an ad darkening Raphael Warnock's skin. I keep telling folks, get the hell out of that Obama post-racial bullshit. That ain't happening. We better gird ourselves for battle for a very long time because, as we say, shit is about to get real.
Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, we have not defeated white supremacy today. You know, we bought ourselves more time with um with these Senate races. We bought ourselves some progress because we can pass the John Lewis Voting Rights Act. Now we can pass the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act. We can get uh, more racial equity in terms of the coronavirus response and a number of issues that are pressing that there are solutions for and that there are reasonable solutions that um, you know can pass even with more conservative members of the Democratic Party being the deciding vote. So it's important to note that we um, are, are not, our work is not done. We could take a little break, no more campaign commercials, hopefully for at least six months. But the reality is that this is the end of Trump's regime, but it is the opening salvo. As Melody mentioned, there's the redistricting process has happened. Democrats actually lost ground when it came to state houses. The Republicans are going to control redistricting in a lot of areas. That is the only reason why they are even able to keep it even close in the Congress in the House of Representatives because of redistricting and gerrymandering there. It's also why in, in certain states there it's close on the state level. So we still have a lot of work to do. We still have a lot of things that we need to push back on. We cannot let our guard up. And um, I, I'm of the mind that I'm actually incredibly happy that the Republicans are being so transparent about their white supremacy, about their white nationalist party, about their disregard for democracy. They're on record. Every single person, whether it's 11, 12, or 13 senators and 100 plus um, House of Representatives congressmen are on record. And it's saying unequivocally to the Democrats, you cannot negotiate with terrorists, okay? So all this stuff where the Republicans have uh, go by one set of rules when they're in the minority and they appeal to Democrats in terms of precedent and, well, you don't want to take advantage because you can be in the minority one day. Throw all that shit out the window, okay? Because the second the Republicans got in party, they changed everything in power. They changed every single rule. They forgot. They, they threw out blue slips. They threw out the filibuster when it came to the Supreme Court and to judicial nominees. And I can go on and on and on. And so I not a person who has faith in Chuck Schumer as a majority leader. But I think that that Democrats need to wake up and understand that this is a time to harness the power, even if it's 50 50. Harness the power that you have and drive home the change because the Republicans are not going to let up and you have to have something to show for Democratic control in 2022, 2022 or we're screwed once again. Um, Brad, I want to go to you because um, you about to be real busy as well. Republicans have made it clear that they are going to change the laws in this state. They are pissed off. Uh, they don't like the signature uh, check issue. Uh, they they said they are going to undo the very same laws that they passed. Uh, and so this is what they do. We saw in North Carolina in 2008 as well. And so you're about to see a vicious battle, a fight against voter suppression in Georgia because Republicans did not. Look, they lost Biden. They lost to Biden and Harris and now losing two seats. Oh, it's about to be hell in Georgia. Mm-hmm. Well, you, you have to think about, again, how the Voting Rights Act was just cut up <laughs> with the mm-hmm. recent Supreme Court decision. And so, you know, you essentially now it's going to sort of kick back, I think, to the to whomever potentially goes on or will be picked for the next court. Again, now the issue before the issue of packing the court wasn't 
on the table. Now it's on the table, you know, in addition to, you know, potentially getting two other Senate seats from places like, you know, um, you know, Puerto Rico, potentially DC, all those things will actually affect the local issues here in Georgia with regard to voter suppression. The thing is though, as the difference between now versus before is that now you have an infrastructure that's ready there to, to push back and fight against any and all potential challenges to suffrage here in this state. And though that wasn't the case, I mean, that, that was the case before. You did have infrastructure, but it's not geared up and galvanized like it is now. People aren't sleeping anymore. You know, and again, like I said before, folks like Stacey Abrams, New Georgia Project, Black Voters Matter, they're going to be on ACLU, journalists like myself, everybody is going to be on guard to check any and all potential voter suppression issues in this state as they come down. One of the benefits of where I'm from is that, you know, I grew up with lots of Trump supporters. You know, I it was weird because, you know, I was in a rally in Osceola, Georgia, uh, two weeks ago, uh, I was a David Perdue rally, and uh, Kimberly uh, Guilfoy was there, Donald Trump Jr. was there, uh, you know, and so I walked into the room, it was a mostly almost 99% white room. There were about four or five African-Americans that were through the crowd. And of course, I was there in the in the roles of journalists. But again, you know, these folks talked to me. They talked to me because, again, I grew up playing around people like that. So they feel comfortable saying to me what's on their mind. And a lot of them say that, again, they're worried about socialism, worried about communism. So you're right. There's going to be a fight on these hands. And I want to tell you something. Uh, when I chatted with uh, Kimberly Guilfoyle on stage when I was at, at Rally in Osceola, made the comment that Donald Trump Jr. may potentially move to Georgia. She was kidding, but she mentioned it again. She sort of joked again the next day when I saw her again that, you know, maybe maybe Jr. should move to Georgia because, again, you know, if, if the, you know, state leadership doesn't act right, you know, they're going to, you know, he, she was joking about him coming into state and potentially running for office. I don't think just him. I think a lot of people now are going to be gunning for Georgia to come in and move Republicans, Republicans to come into the state and sort of change things up. Because, again, the electorate is still there. And we again, we're going to have to really tonight is going to ch it's changing the game. And that's, again, so we're going to have to see what we can do to, again, to stop that voter suppression every single step of the way. Um, Greg Carr, um, I made the point earlier, again, undergirding ourselves for the battle. Uh, the book that I am working on as we speak that will drop in 2022 is called White Fear. I have been talking about it. Mainstream media completely ignores it. White folks there don't understand. The black folks are scared to talk about it as well. But I saw, but I'm telling you, the poll that did it for me, there were two polls. Shortly after Obama was inaugurated, the question was asked, are you optimistic about the future of America for your children? Every group, a majority said yes, except white America. I said, I, I was at CNN talking to John Avlon, and I said, John, we are seeing, we are in the beginning stages of white minority resistance. Glenn Beck, Obama hates white people. All the stuff from Fox News, all the things that they're saying coming out of there. I keep just warning people, you must prepare for this because in the history of America, wherever there has been black success, it has been followed by white backlash. Mm -hmm. No, absolutely. Uh, Roland, we really don't have a roadmap for where we are right now. You're, you're making something, and they've already started a little exit polling. 
you know, over half of the voters who voted in Georgia today who responded in some of these exit polls say that one of the things they didn't like was the way Trump handled the wake of in the wake of the, 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 the presidential election. The, 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 the white nationalist party has presented over the last four years. It's almost Dickensian in a sense. It's almost like a Christmas carol. They gave uh, uh, an image of the ghost of America, future America. And it scared the hell out of enough people to drive them to the polls. You couldn't have picked better opponents if you had drawn them up. Kelly Leffler is a caricature. But make no mistake, Kelly Leffler is gone. The, 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 the White Nationalist Party, which is why they're going to have this fight uh, today in, in D.C. this afternoon, they are angling to keep the White Nationalist voters that you're talking about, but also expand and outreach to those soft white nationalists who won't say it out of their mouths. Remember that tonight, John Ossoff, uh, voters for Ossoff are less than voters for Raphael Warnick. What does that tell us? Uh, are there people who pulled the lever for Warnick that pulled them, pull it for Purdue? Or they didn't vote for, Ar I mean, what is going on in the racial logic of this country? Because it is not a nation. There is no one culture. There's no one narrative. There's no one story in America. And I know people who push back. I'm saying, well, well show it to me then, because I've been I'm 55 years old. And for a good 30 of them, I've been teaching and reading and writing. And I want to see you show me and they can't show me. But but but, you know what you're talking to, talking about. I'll end with this. What you're speaking to and what we're seeing in Georgia, there is a possibility. See, Raphael Warnick and, you know, Brother Warnick, I'm going to tell you, brother, what you might have an opportunity to do in Georgia. I don't see a precedent for that e either. When is the last time there was a member of the federal legislature, House or Senate, who had a pulpit and reports, the reports are, are, are true that Raphael Warnick said he's going to continue to preach from the pulpit of Ebenezer? Uh, the last person I can think of is another alpha, Adam Clayton Powell, and he was in the House coming out of Abyssinian Baptist Church. Raphael Warnock could do more for the idea of reclaiming the notion of spiritual practice, particularly through Christianity, but Islam or any faith tradition as servicing the poor, standing for the least of these, he could do more in the next 24 months to reimagine the question of spirituality and politics in this country than any elected politician I can think of. And that might just be enough to crack the code of building a different type of national policy and perhaps for the first time in American history, being able to speak about the beginning of a culture that we could call American. But you're never gonna reclaim those white nationalists that are too far gone. And in two years and in four years and from now on, they're gonna run better candidates who mm -hmm. won't be as openly racist as Trump and who when they come back for the rematch, won't say it out of their mouths out loud we got about, I think Warnock could do, it's intriguing to me to think about the possibilities of what Warnock could do from that pulpit as he is in the federal legislature to make people rethink the notion of what it means to believe in something and then go out and do with your policy what you claim to want to do from your pulpit. Mm -hmm. I want to do a final round here uh, before we sign off. Uh, and I want to start with Brad first. Dave Wasserman has been tweeting several different things. This is what he just posted. It's worth reflecting on a huge reason Dems swept Georgia this year. The Biden coalition is mainly African-Americans and suburban whites. Two huge blocks. 
Trump made big inroads with Hispanics, but there isn't there. There just aren't very many Hispanic voters in Georgia. But he also said something else um, that uh, I think is extremely important. And then he talked about rural voters, rural black voters, Brad. And what he said is that, and I'm looking, I'm trying to look for the tweet uh, right now. Here's um, um, this is this is not it. That's Clayton County tweet. Basically, what he said is that in Randolph County, uh, in Randolph Clint County, he said that black voters there uh, were at 97 percent of their turnout uh, in uh, November. Warnock won by 13.2 points. Ossoff won by 12.8 points. Biden won by 9.2 points. Brad, the opportunity moving forward, Stacey Abrams to run against uh, Brian Kemp for governor. And that is, trust me, now that these black folks in rural Georgia have tasted success, I think you're going to see a you're going to see a major, major groundswell when she runs for governor against Brian Kemp in 2022. My people have uh, toiled those these fields in in uh, Randolph County, Colquitt County, you know, Ben Hill County, Thomas County, Brooks County for almost a century and a half. I can trace it back that far. And, you know, they have always been a part of Georgia. Always. You know, to, to think that black rural voters have never not all been a fabric of this state from its inception, you know, is, is I think a huge myth for a lot of people now. That enfranchisement, as I said before, is, has come full circle. I was in Randolph County with John Ossoff. I went there as black black voters talked to him about the challenges, especially the healthcare challenges that they face. I was I think he was the only person that showed up in Randolph County. That explains that when I when you just mentioned that, that explains that vote. You know, because I even went back to Randolph County and talked to people, and again, they they were all voting. Either they had all had voted or they were all about to vote today. And so that's not a surprise to me at all. Um, you have to look at places like Washington County. Washington County, actually, John Ossoff flipped Washington County tonight. Washington County is, like, like I said, one of those black belt counties in sort of central Georgia on the way from uh, Macon to Augusta. And tonight, when in the general election, David Perdue won that county. Tonight, John Ossoff won that county. And again, these are these are counties with large black black voting populations that have been previously underutilized. But again, we must not sleep on the Latino population. They are rising in my in, in my in my county, Colquitt County. Latino population ranges ten to fifteen percent, and they're rising heavily. So again, these that's also a potential future electorate to to be dealt with, to be reckoned with. And like I said tonight, you know, we really have to look at where. What we what right. what's going to happen next? And I think this is right. this is yeah this is it. So here's here's your final comments from you, Melanie Campbell. And here's the other deal: if Warnock wins by more than 0.5 percent, there is no automatic no, right recount. Now. Your your final your your final thoughts about tonight? Uh, well, again, thank you, Roland. So this has been really uh, uh, what I needed to put my energy in tonight in, in this conversation. So thank you for inviting me. Um, I wanted to go back to something Reese had pointed out earlier um that it uh, uh, uh newsom has one more possibly one more shot at getting a black woman i just want to throw that out there it gets there's some things in that could happen in, in california where we might just be able to still get a, a black woman um you know in the senate you know for some things change uh in california but he has one more shot possibly 
and then uh, I, I do want to think about the rural, the rural South. And I think about sisters like Shirley Sherrod, who uh, I mentioned earlier, you know, Southern Black Women's Rural Initiative. You know, folks who have been grinding and really been on the ground in those in the in those in those part of Georgia to make it happen. Because yes, we know metro the metro communities are, are important, but Black folks, we I'm I'm from a, from a small town, so I get that that we, sometimes people forget that we're there. And so I think it's really really um, uh, says a lot when you looked at those numbers. When I was looking at those numbers, Roland, and I saw of those counties where you had uh, Ossoff or, or Warnock going two and three percent better than Biden. That's because more and more and more black folks in those counties showed up, right? And, mm -hmm. uh, and that's very, very important. So I'm just I'm looking yep. forward to what's going to happen with this. We know there's a lot more work to do. I'm going to once again thank you for all that you did in, in lifting up the work and, and the people in in Georgia um, who many times don't get lifted up. So I want to thank you again for that. Thanks for inviting me. I appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Reese Colbert, your final thoughts. Uh, a couple of things. Number one, bet on black. I know that there's been some talk about the change of demographics and maybe black voters aren't going to be as irrelevant. Er, pump your brakes. We're still here and you still need us. And when we turn out, the Democrats win. So bet on black. But you got to pay up on your bets, too, you know, because when you bet, there's a payout that comes with that bet. So it's time to invest in black political capital, black political leaders. The other thing I want to mention is the economic message. I think that a key difference in why the Democrats won is because they that two thousand dollars was a very tangible, good economic message in the home stretch to really motivate voters and understand what's at stake and what the Republicans have been blocking. There's also a lot of corruption from both Kelly Leffler and for David Perdue and their insider trading, alleged insider trading, let me say that. Um, and so right. that's another thing. And the last thing I want to say is that it's, it's so incredibly important to go into black spaces. It's not enough to put it up on a website. It's not enough to have an ad. You have to go into black spaces with credible black people. You have to run candidates that have credibility in the black community that can speak to our issues. And the last thing to steal a little thunder from you, Roland, because I'm sure you'll say it before the night, invest in black media. You have to go on black media shows. You have to invest in advertising. If you're gonna spend a hundred million dollars on advertising, give some of that to black media. Go into black spaces, talk to black people, and you will mobilize those black voters and win. Uh, Dr. Greg Carr, saving you for last. Well, you're next to last. I'll be last, but no question. You always go last, brother. I'm, I'll keep mine very quick. Uh, blow up the filibuster immediately break the backs because you ain't going to get 60 votes. And that's how the white nationalists have retained power. The only reason that it's there, uh, the thing they filibustered most was the civil rights bill, the civil rights legislation. And then Barack Obama got more got filibustered more than every other uh, president in American history combined. John mm -hmm. C. Calhoun out of South Carolina was the architect of the filibuster and he was trying to keep alive enslavement so break the filibuster joe don't be scared don't be scared them two stacks them two stacks get them two stacks in people's hands by the end of february bro now in fact you put that up right now because kelly leffler is on the way back here to dc to challenge the vote in georgia her death cry her death cry looking at one side of the aisle over here and another side with her other eye is going to be i'm against no certifying the vote in georgia let her die then get the two stacks on that next john lewis george floyd get the stuff in we want to see this right. before march and how That's about right. that there's a whole play going on and you've gotten more strains and variants 
get relief to the people. We don't want to hear nobody lecturing and finger wagging about we got to go slow because tonight the people of Georgia have taken away your excuse, Democratic Party. There will be no more meetings where we will be lectured to because the people who put you over the, the line tonight, those people don't owe you a damn thing because you didn't give them any money and you didn't think they were going to win. Finally, this, Roland Sebastian Martin. Let me just say this to you, brother, in front of everybody. Them one or two people that came out and voted in every one of them little rural counties because you drove through there, those one or two people that these young people are talking about defund the police and I'm damn sure with them knocked on doors and voted. Yeah, those states are, uh, those counties are red, as Brad said, but let's be clear. Those are the people, as Melanie said, those are the people, as Reese said, those are the people in the little rural counties like our sister Erica Savage out in Albany and the, and the outlying areas. Those are the people who pulled the lever, lever and with, with, the, with the big whales in Atlanta and Savannah and, and, and Augusta, and all, mm -hmm. they pulled them over. Those people out there in the country, them country folk. And it was because, among other things, you drove through every one of them little towns. And all of that country, brother. So if anybody want to know how much black media matters, as Melanie say, as Reese say, all you got to do is watch the last month. So you got to write that book too, brother. And shout out to Erica Savage Wilson. She's no the hometown hero as well. No question. Got no question. it. Cool. Got it. I got it. All right, folks. Uh, my final thoughts. First of all, uh, I just got uh, word, like, literally they were calling me. Uh, Pastor Raphael Warnock is about to go live uh, in a moment. Uh, on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube as well. Uh, after this switch, go to my iPad. LeBron James just tweeted this out, y'all. think I'm going to put together an ownership group for the Atlanta Dream. Who's in? Hashtag Black Votes Matter. Of course, Kelly left was part-time owner. She's a part owner of the Atlanta Dream. And those WNBA players stood with Raphael Warnock. And so that's a great uh, tweet there from LeBron James. Uh, let, let me say this. Uh, I reached out to a number of other black media outlets because I wanted us to all partner together uh, to put our resources together to cover the race here in Georgia. Uh, many of them chose not to respond. Uh, of the folks who did, we still weren't able to pull something together. But we were undaunted in what we were going to do. We invested the money to come here. Uh, I tell y'all all the time, I'm extremely transparent what we do on the show. Uh, we spent $20,000 to rent out an Airbnb to serve as our uh, safe haven, which kept us COVID-free, allowed for our staff uh, to work there where we could get the show from there. Uh, we invested uh, more, another 20 plus thousand dollars in staff and freelancers and people who have been working out here. Uh, we were supported by folks like Melanie Campbell and Black Voters Matter. Uh, we were supported, supported by all of you. Why do we do this here? Because I told you all, it's enough of black folks talking about entertainment, talking about uh, gossip and things along those lines. We need real substantive information and news. The only way we are going to get that is if we talk about it. Y'all can flip all night if y'all want to on these networks, and y'all can watch CNN or MSNBC and Fox News and the rest of them, but I guarantee you you're not going to hear them talking about what black folks in rural Georgia did, talking about what black folks did in Clayton County, what black folks did in all these different places, and that's why this show matters. And let me also say this uh, to all the haters and everybody else out there, especially to all the folks who love white supremacy. Guess what? Uh, I own this shit. <laughs> which means, which means that Virginia governor's race, we're going to be on the ground covering that the same yes. way we did Georgia. 
Tashara Jones is running for mayor of St. Louis. Expect to see us in St. Louis. Some of these other races out there, Ron Johnson, the incumbent in Wisconsin, we're going to be on your ass in 2022 in Wisconsin to throw you out of office. We're going to be in Pennsylvania covering stuff there as well. We'll be back here in Georgia in 2022. This is why Black-owned media matters, because we ain't got to ask nobody else for permission to come cover our people the way we know how to cover them. And so, you're right, Reese. We're going to tell the DSCC and the DCCC and the Democratic Governors Association and all of them to be investing those ad dollars. The federal government spends $1 billion a year on advertising. Black media only gets $10 million. You damn right. I'm going to be looking for a big check from them as well. Why? Because we plan on hiring a congressional correspondent. See, when black media gets those dollars, then we can hire a staff. Our goal is real simple. We're going to go to these white ad agencies and demand 5 to 10 to $20 million in advertising to allow us to then hire bureau chiefs five major black cities. Why? Because that's how you cover our information. And so don't think for a second that this is a fluke with what we're doing. Don't think for a second I didn't have visions of this when we, we, we launched this. Uh, in uh, in, in uh, September of 2018. Uh, there are some new things that we're going to be launching as well that are even bigger and bolder than this because this is how we change. We talk about voting, how you got to mobilize and organize. The same thing happens in media. And so we want to be able to hire more people, have more staff, build more things, and that's what we're doing. And so don't think for a second, this is only going to be a situation where it's all about me. Oh, no, no, no. I already have 25 people who I've already identified who we will do shows with. I don't think some of y'all just heard what I said. There are 25 people I've already identified who we will launch shows with. That's, if you talk about infrastructure, that's what we're talking about building. Frederick Douglass did it. Ida B. Wells Barnett did it. Robert Abbott did it. A.I. Scott did it. Charles, uh, you had, of course, uh, uh, of course, the founder of the Pittsburgh Courier. I can go on and on and on. Claude Barnett did it. This is the same thing in the 21st century. So, black folks, I'm telling you right now, we can't wait for somebody else to cover us, to reach us. We have to do it ourselves. And so we want y'all to support what we do. Uh, and we will go after people. If there are companies out there who are not supporting, we want you to stop buying their products and we're going to name them. We're going to name them. These white ad agencies who won't take our calls today, I advise y'all to take our phone calls beginning on Monday. We're going after y'all as well because we are simply not asking permission any longer. The only way for us to change this is do what Frederick Douglass said, agitate, agitate, agitate. And Amen. trust me, I have no problem at all sitting at the table of power and making demands. And so don't think for a second is the last time you're going to see this type of coverage and this type of show. Appreciate your support. Support us at cash out, dollar sign, rm, unfiltered, paypal.me, forward slash rmartin, unfiltered, venmo.com, forward slash rm, unfiltered, uh, zell, rolling at rollingsmartin.com. We'll send money orders to New Vision Media, Inc., 1625 K Street, Northwest, Suite 400, Washington, D.C., 2006. And I'll say to all these black millionaires and billionaires out there, we're welcome if y'all actually support us uh, as well, uh, sending your checks. If you're sending 10 and 20 and $30 million uh, to these other folks, uh, we certainly welcome your checks uh, as well. Because again, if we don't build it for us and by us, it ain't going to get done. And I That's damn right. sure am not waiting on any mainstream network to give us our due on nights like this. 
We thank the folks for the gathering spot uh, for allowing us to broadcast from here. It's still Atlanta. Uh, certainly take advantage of it. OQ, folks, I'll see y'all guys tomorrow from Atlanta here, 6 p.m. Eastern. We'll be broadcasting live right here, Roland Martin Unfiltered. I'll see y'all tomorrow. Melanie, Reese, Greg, uh, as well. Why am I, why am I uh, forgetting? Lord have mercy. Brad. Y'all know Brad. Brad. No, my bad. First of all, because of right. uh, no, no, because uh, when y'all going to be done, I'll be done literally in 60 seconds. Uh, and so, Brad, sorry about that. I want to thank all, all of y'all right. for being with us uh, for our coverage, uh, for all of y'all who are watching as well. Uh, Georgia, congratulations. Raphael Wardak, my frat brother, he is the next U.S. Senator from here. And based upon the numbers, John Ossoff is also going to beat David Perdue as well. That means Democrats will control the United States Senate and the most important person is going to be Vice President-elect Kamala Harris. Folks, we shall see y'all tomorrow. Let's go eat some peaches. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.